and welcome to No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Try Davidoff Cool Water for men or women. 125 mil, only 49.99 at Chemist Warehouse. As always, the brainchild of Danny Spud Frawley, the St Kilda champ. Evening, Spud. Good evening, Jack. We're an hour earlier tonight, and yes. uh, yeah, it's good to uh, see your beautiful face and uh, <laughs> hello to the SEN family. We've got a really, a real special guest tonight, Jack. Good friend of mine, Mark Wally Eustace from Richmond Football Club and Essendon Football Club. Uh, played, you know, 70 or 80 games for them, but unfortunately got involved in uh, drugs, heavy drugs, drug addiction, and yeah, it was and for anyone out there with any type of addiction. But we've also got, and, and obviously he's come out the other end and he now promotes the fact that, you know, that's no good, but actually working through it. Because a lot of people, there's a bit of a fallacy out there. Once you get on certain type of drugs, you'll never get over it. Yeah. Wally's testament that you can get over it. That's the most important thing. And we've got Helen, um, he's sort of therapist slash neuroscience psychologist to talk about the pitfalls of addictions, whatever they are, and also how you've got to retrain your brain to get through it. So I think okay. I'm pretty excited about getting them on because we've all got some sort of addiction, whether it's overeating, whether you're too busy in your lifestyle, whether it's gambling, whether it's whatever, uh, alcohol, smoking. So we're, we've all got a, some sort of addictive type of um, DNA in us, and it's about how to control those addictions. You know, sugar. Um, I love sugar. I haven't had it for three weeks and I'm still craving it, but I've just got to get over the hump where I don't crave it anymore. So that's the theme of tonight's show. Just before we get stuck into that, yeah. we've got Mark uh, about to join yeah. us. Um, a lot of good feedback about last week. We just mm. thought it was a good opportunity. Uh, we always like to talk to experts in yep. their field, people like Mark tonight who have got a good story. But last week was just a chance to strip it back and talk to everyone out there. And it was great. A lot of people talking about me time and the way that they go about it. A lot of people uh, listen to it, Jack. Also, the the podcast that we send out on Twitter and, and Instagram, it, it was actually good to actually spend 20 minutes a day and people go, I haven't got time. I haven't got time. Well, guess what? There's 1,440 minutes per day. Yes. You have got time out there to either just chill out, do absolutely nothing, lie on the carpet, stare at the ceiling and just chill. Go for a walk with your dog. Go and have a chat to your wife and talk about nothing. Don't talk about finances. Ask her how she's going and vice versa. Just say, how, how are things going with you? Because we all say, oh, I'm too busy. I'm, geez, I'm flying. How are you going, Jack? Yeah, I'm good. But, God, life's hard. Well, yep, well, just, it doesn't, look, it is hard, but it doesn't have to be that hard. No. You get one crack at it. So I think just to have a self-audit for 20 minutes a day is super important and and obviously, my voice a little bit uh, croaky at the I moment. I have noticed Jack. that, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people said it's yeah, it's a, you know, you know, my wife said it's a little bit sexy. Did she really? Yeah, she's but... she's biased though, Anita. She <laughs> nah, has to say that. She wouldn't. She's say been that. stuck with you for this long. <laughs> she, yeah, exactly. Right. No, just a, a, a bit fluey, eh? No, not really. Just a big weekend of talking. Had a uh, local footy club, Old Halebury, and did the auction night for them. And, and it's fair to say they were pretty rowdy. <laughs> so I had to go over and above the call of duty, obviously calling football and 
Yeah, the voice is um, a little bit croaky today, so I apologise in advance for that, Jack, but now we'll get through. Absolutely, we will. Let's get stuck into the show. It's just As Spud said, a reminder that you can download tonight's mm. podcast in full. If you missed certain chunks of tonight, you can download it in full via sen.com.au or also on Spud's social yeah. media. And also, the, the Mark Eustace interview after the break, it, it could be pretty confronting, so... You know, if you've got issues out there, consult your doctor, yep. speak to your partner, because it's it's going to be warts and all with Mark. But then more importantly, after the, the first ad break, we're going to talk about how we got through it and how we can help you out there if you've got an addictive personality. And that's coming up in just a few moments. In fact, on the other side of this, I know... <laughs> have your company on no man should ever walk alone it's all thanks to chemist warehouse the real house of fragrances rob code from travel fit 360 and emily brave on our nutritionist to the stars not too far away spud but we have studio yep. guests with us tonight and so you're on your best behavior when we have studio guests which no, is good are. to see we are i'm uh, going to introduce, introduce the first guest certainly i'll let you introduce the second guest because some of those words are too big for me <laughs> but i'm going to introduce uh, mark wally eustace 129 Games with the Tigers and the Bombers. And uh, we're going to talk about his life journey. Good evening, Wally. G'day, Spud. You missed Sydney, and it was 137. Oh, th- Sydney as well, 137. You so sold him 10 shorts, Spud. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Richmond sank me, mate. I forgot about the Sydney. You would have got good coin at Sydney. Did you go up there in the Edelson days? Nah, I missed it. Ah, uh, bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you wanted to be there. Yeah, exactly I got right. there at the end of it. Right. Also joining us tonight, Dr. Helen Nasser, the Senior Lecturer for ISN Psychology, Research Fellow from the Florian Institute, and joins us. Thank you for joining us, Helen. Good evening oh, to you. Thank you for having me here. No, great to come uh, here tonight, Helen. So, Wally, we just want to talk about your journey. We're going to talk about, obviously, your, your great business you're setting up with Helen and the Flory Institute and, and the support you're getting and, and the support will hopefully we'll be able to get you and some, some listeners out there. But obviously, it's all about drug addiction yep. and, and how it all started for you, mate. Uh, yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's to do with yeah, yeah, mental health addiction, you know, drug addiction. I, I look with me, but I, I suppose it started off really with mental health. Uh, what I didn't realise all through my playing career, well, uh, I, I reckon I, I tracked it back uh, when I finally got yep. diagnosed to when I was about seventeen. Um, I went through a lot of stages through my life as a as a footballer where I was, you know, I, I felt really bad. I was down. I couldn't play properly. I couldn't train properly. I was hurting my body, mm-hmm. you know, like a bad flu yep. sort of thing. And then it, it, it sleep got, lack of sleep. No, oh, no, no, tired. Wanted yeah. to sleep all the time. Just tired all yeah, the time. Yeah. Yep. And um, but in those days, in due respects to the clubs, no, no one had any no. idea about the mental yeah. health. There was no support. There was no warnings. There was no Beyond Blues or whatever out there. It was a sign of weakness, wasn't yeah, it? Really, yeah, unfortunately. And it, was, it was like, yeah, you know, stop feeling sorry for yourself. You know, pull your socks up. What's wrong with you? And um, time went on, and basically, I retired when I was twenty-eight. And um, I did get a little bit of that coin up in Sydney at the end, mm. and um, I had two years to run a contract, which was I'll tell you was I had eighty thousand a year to go on a contract, and I basically I retired halfway through ninety one. I en- I ended up sitting in the tours before games, crying wow. before I go out in the game, out to play, and um, I retired. Well, I say I retired, I retired because I had depression and I didn't yeah. know it. Wow! And then mm. as time went on, I had more time in my hands, and I started to drink a lot. I was still up in Sydney, mm. then uh, started to take cocaine uh, uh, on weekends and that. You know, I, I, I thought, I thought, you know, I'm, an, I'm a social drug taker, yep. which is rubbish. Because yep. if you take drugs, you take drugs, yep. simple as that. 
And and yeah, you know, and then things really started to go pear shaped. And I thought, well, I'll pack up and come home. Because you, you know, have a pretty good business. Yeah, sun, I had a print, sunglasses. Yeah. Nah, that was when I got back here. Okay, I think you snipped me for a few pairs. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, you were up <laughs> what there. a shock! Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you got you got on board. No problem. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah, I had a business up there, and that went, you know, went went down the gurgler, um, of course. And then um, I thought, well, I'll go back to Melbourne, and things will be better. But guess what? They have drugs in Melbourne as well. Mm. <laughs> and yep. it took me about five minutes to find them. And as the years went on, and that you know, I got in just uh, you know just over a long period of time, I uh, got myself into a real bad habit of uh, cocaine and ice. And um, I'll just tell you a quick story how I got introduced to ice. I was in a pub in um, Port Melbourne, and um, um, some yeah, you know, it was like two o'clock in the afternoon yep. or something, as you as you do. And a guy just said, "I oh, mate, come out in the back lane with me, you know, broad sure. daylight." And he said, "Hey, have a go at this." Hands me a pipe, and I got this pipe out and smoked it and all of a sudden I'm going, gee, this stuff's all right. I'm up and about yeah. and I could run through a brick wall, you know. And, and he, he said, gave it to you for nothing? Yeah. And then he yeah. Said, of course. And then he um, he said, oh, look, what what about we get you up and running? I said, what do you mean? And he pulled out a pipe out of his uh, pocket and he said, hey, hey, here's a pipe. And he, he gave me a bag of ice yeah. and I had another go of it. And he said, look, just take that. And he and I'll never forget those words. We'll get you up and running. Gee. He said, I said, what about the money? He said, don't worry about that. Yeah. Nine o'clock the next morning, where's my money? You know, drug dealer, you know. So I had to go and pay him. And then while I was with him, I bought more, Gee. of course. But it got to the stage, bud, where I was, um, for breakfast, I'd be having like um, uh, four shots of vodka and, and four lines of Coke and an and a ice pipe to, wow. go, go, to get me going for the day. And uh, then I'd go and do me, sell me sunnies. Yep. And I reckon I might have bumped into you. You would yep. probably know, but I was as high as a kite. Yeah, I remember you were pretty lively. Yeah, I was, yeah. Sweating a bit. Yeah, the whole lot. And um, I would have been going since 7 or 8 in the morning. Bloody hell. And, and probably the night before so as well. So how long did this go on for, Wally? Yeah, a while. Well, yeah, a long time, Spud. Uh, that went on for about, you know, I don't know, for a good 12 months, I suppose. And then uh, got to the stage where, you know, I was really, if I wasn't yeah. out of control then, I really was... And uh, unfortunately, a good mate of mine. And so the thing is, w- when you're doing that, what you think is that I was mucking around with the drug dealers, yep. bikies, strippers, yep. all those, whatever, and got rid of all my friends and family yep. and, and, and you know, that sort of thing. And then, but the, my friends and family and that, they knew what was, I was doing, you know, because uh, I wasn't turning up to places. I wasn't seeing uh, anyone And you were anymore. isolating yourself from them. The whole lot. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Barry Mitchell rang me yep. one day out of the blue. And he got me at a good time. I'd been out for about two days straight, so I was I was a bit, you know, mm. I'd sort of a bit weary. And um, he just said, "Wally, do you, do you want to go to the doctors?" And I thought, "Yeah, I do." And he took me to uh, Ben Barassi's doctor, and um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, sorry, Ben Ben Barassi yep. was a Carlton Footy Club doctor That's at the right. time. Yep. And uh, I just sat in the seat like I am with you guys now, and he just he just looked at me and said. Um, do you want to go to rehab? Well, I said yes. He said okay. <laughs> that was yeah. it, and it was it was time to go. Uh, but the problem was then we had I had no money by this time. I had no money. I had no houses left. I had no investments. I had no license. I had, no, I had nothing. Right. Yeah. And um, so he said, like, you know, I told well, you had to raise money to get me in. And while they were doing that, I was still going on my merry way, you know. And so we finally got a bed, got me in, did the rehab and all that. Which was really hard, mm. really, really hard. But so you just went cold turkey, with went it? Cold turkey, um, and then I got out of the rehab, 
and I felt better. Uh, yeah, I got out of there. I had nothing. Yeah, I, I went and stayed with my mum, and I thought I can go two ways here. What I can do is I'll go. I can go down to the pub, bring my drug dealer, and start again. Yep. Get into debt, or I'll fight it. And I chose to fight it. Well done. And then the mental health issues kicked in. AFL Players Association got me a um, psychiatrist. Yep. Went and saw him, described, told him about all these years ago. No, he said, mate, you suffer from depression and bipolar, medication. So I went, but I went 25 years um, undiagnosed, wow. no medication, no nothing. But I'm not blaming anyone. Mm. And, Were and you then, like that most of us males just didn't want to put your hand up? And just, or just sort of no, kept it to yourself, or you just no, didn't no, know you I had was it. sort of, yeah, I was just thought it was a part. And then of I did shut brain. my mouth because I, everybody, I, it was a pretty. Yeah, you know, I'd go and have a drink with me mates, yeah. and I'd walk in. It was a bit of a, a ongoing joke. Yeah, you know, Wally, is he going to be up today or down? Is he okay. going to be funny? Yep. Is he going to give us a good night? It was a bit of a joke, yep. you know. So I just used to say nothing, no, no disrespect yeah. to them at all. And and you know, I spent like thirty weeks in a um, mental health hospital. Um, you know, I had ECT treatment, I had all that, and you know, I couldn't work for oh, probably eight years, something like that. I couldn't, I was isolated, I was reclusive. But mate, as we speak now, you know, I, now I've been clean and sober for twelve years. Yeah, so oh, it's an amazing story, Jack. It's, um, it's fantastic. Well, and, yeah, and, <laughs> you know, it, no, it's That's just a weird one now. Absolutely, no, it, yeah. It's just, it's a journey that you didn't want to live, but you've actually got through it. And and Helen will. We'll get you involved more in the, the next ad break, but how archaic are we as men? And and back in the past, we, we all thought mental health was a, was a weakness, but it's actually an illness, isn't it? It is. It's a, it's a mental disease. Um, it's a disease of the brain. It affects us all, and it has all a lot of physiological effects. Um, it's just hard for us to notice and, you know... If we oh you know I feel a little bit tired today or I feel a bit you know I don't want to get out of bed. You might think oh you know I'll just get up and you know get mm. on with my day. This is how it's like the Australian mentality also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the reality is it's like there could be this underlying you know uh, disease that's going on and it's actually debilitating. And if you don't go seek help, you just you know trudge through it until eventually you find alternatives to come. And you know, solve your problem. And most people in these situations will go and turn to drugs because it does make them feel a lot and better. And Wally's obviously had a you know mental um, health issue, but he's obviously got a bit of resilience there to have that decision when he went home. And a lot of people can slide back into that scenario. And I think one of your expertise um, is to help people out of rehab. Is that right? It's yeah, it's supporting people who are after they've gone yep. through rehab. Um, so, what are the really type of some of the things you? Well, in, I do mostly the research aspect, um, and what I'm looking into is interventions into, you know, trying to support people and um, what are the vulnerability factors. So, not all interventions are going to work mm, for everyone. Yeah. Going cold turkey doesn't always work yeah. for everyone. So, you know, what are the alternative strategies? And you know, Wally had a really good case here. He had a lot of support from outside, from you know, the AFL Association, mm. Mm. a lot of, from his mates, and you know giving him access to a psychologist and, and being able to help him out of mm. that depression because, you know, once you go through rehab, it, that's essentially the easy part um, <laughs> because you are kind of uh, 
you're got a lot locked of support. away. You're locked yep. away. You're mm. you're not able to access those those drugs. Yep. And you have a lot of you know people around you who are trying to make sure that you're you know healthy, that you're getting fed, yep. that you have a room, mm. and all that kind of thing. Once you get out, you really don't have many of those things, and and that becomes a, a huge problem. And and that's what makes you vulnerable to relapse. Yeah. You know, one day do you have you to have get a, busy, or do you have to retrain your brain to actually get your brain thinking about something that you're passionate about other than the past? Exactly, yeah. You, you have to find support. You need to, like, uh, Wally actually went back to work and that's how you really tried to get out yeah, of it, it right? eight years later, though. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. Um, yeah, but, like, you know, trying no, to find a No, but a lot of people do yeah. try and go back. I, I was incapable and yeah. I was unemployable yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. to boot. Yep. Yeah, so, but how, a lot of people do go bang and go straight yeah, to keep going yeah. and yeah, all that. Obviously. So how long have you known Helen? A couple of months. Yeah, that's good. We're going to take a break. Just a very quick one on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. Of course, uh, you can always join us on 0433 98 11 16. Just a reminder that everything we are discussing here is of a general nature yeah, that's right. uh, and that we urge you to seek a medical advice from a professional should you feel the need. We'll take a break. Still plenty more to come. This is No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. It's all thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. We'll talk travel tips and travel fitness very shortly. Rob Code from Travel Fit 360 and, of course, our nutritionist to the stars who's back from America, Emily Brabron. But our special guests here tonight, Spud, Dr. Helen Nasser and Mark Eustace. And, uh, Helen, just before the ad break, we talked about um, some of the processes you go through. And in your studies, is a men more addictive or are they more stubborn than women or oh, I just don't talk about the issues or is it equilibrium there? I, I, I don't want to say uh, any like stubbornness or yeah. anything like that but uh, while the statistics show that men are more likely to take drugs um, and you know fall into these like uh, relapsing patterns have you got a, a reasoning behind that? Is it the way well, we're it's wired? it's a lot of env- environmental factors. So there's a lot of pressure, you know, when you go out, uh, you know, your mates. Risk all, takers. You know, exactly, risk-taking behavior, you know, um, especially things like alcohol and methamphetamine, mm. you know, they increase your, you know, drive to stay up all night and, and party and, you know, engage in those risky behaviors. So there's a lot of pressure yeah. and I can see how that would be a problem. But there's also the, the underlying mental issues, like people are not going to, you know, uh, mm. going to a psychologist to talk about these issues and therefore go and turn to drugs instead. Yeah. And and I believe that uh, there is this kind of stigma that, mm. you know, especially with men, uh, that, you know, I can't really talk about my problems. Yeah. I've got to be a man yeah. about yeah, that's it. Right. Up, you know? And Molly, going forward now, you, you've done a lot of mental health talks and you've been outstanding. You know, the Players Association have helped you and your, and your mates and Barry Mitchell. Yeah. But now you, you're really passionate about helping a lot of men out there yep. going through what you went through because you've actually lived it and you've yeah. breathed it and you've turned the corner. Can you talk to us and the listeners about your, your new setup with Helen yeah. and the Flory Institute? Yeah, Tell us yeah. a bit about that. What we've done, I suppose, look, over the last um, uh, probably two and a half years, uh, I've turned up with uh, Simon Madden, got me going. Um, he um, he does um, corporate training he and, does, and yeah. talks and yep. MCing and all that. And we sort of... I was lucky enough, I was on an open mic program, yep. um, and that sort of got a bit of response. 
how he decided to do this. I decided to get talks and on addiction and mental health. Yep. So first six months were real flash. <laughs> I didn't get yeah. too many. Yep. But um, since then, I've done a lot of that. So what's happened um, over the period of time, over the, probably the last eight or nine months, uh, with the ice thing and that, um, I mean, I still do all the, the mental health and addiction, yep. but we've sort of steered over a little bit to, to ice uh, with this foundation called Break the Ice Australia. Uh, so we're, we're in the proceeds of setting that up. Uh, so what we're, what we're looking at at the moment, we've sort of uh, got a really, really good platform at the moment. We've uh, partnered up with um, ISN Psychology yep. and uh, the Flory Institution, who are a, a massive research yeah. company. You know, everybody would be pretty well yep. known, and little old Break the Ice Australia is in there somewhere. No, so um, we're uh, partnered up with them, and, and we, we, we're sort of um, – what we're looking at now is, is, is uh, prevention, education, awareness – Solution, you know, being rehabs, mm. uh, things like treatments, and then um, um, ongoing ongoing treatment. Yeah, which uh, yeah, yeah, ongoing treatment. And you and you're on the lookout for some sponsors. I'm sure there's a few listeners out there that involved in the company, and even going to local football clubs. Yep. Um, you know, it's, mm. it's prevalent out there. Let's face it; it's a society issue. It's not just you know people who play footy. Um, where, where can they con- what's your you mind putting your phone number out there nah, mate, uh, yeah a couple of contacts um we've got a couple of things I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll run through yeah we've got uh, you can, well anyone can get me I'm happy with my phone number anyone can ring zero four zero four double eight zero six zero six and my website is mark Eustace, E-U-S-T-I-C-E, with the number six after it at gmail.com. Geez, you've come a long way. Got your own website now, mate. Gee, you're flying. Well, I got that, and we're and we're actually in the middle. Uh, we're just starting to do our Break the Ice Australia website. Good on you. Uh, which is costing us a little bit of money. So, if uh, anyone out there wants to yeah. uh, sponsor yep. that, or you know, yep. get on our website as our prime sponsor, or help us out in any way, uh, that'd be much appreciated to help us get off the ground. Um, so, yeah, we're at the um, stage now where we're just about ready to start getting ready to present for funding to governments, uh, you know, federal and state and things like that. So if we once we get the websites up and through the Flurry and ISM with our workshops we're doing to, you know, to get around mm. the schools and all that, well, uh, and, and footy clubs, et cetera, you know, then we can, we, we can pitch for funds, but we need to sort of be really in, in place before we can do that. So while we're in this little bit of a bit mm. of an early stage, growing stage, you know, we'd, you know, any, any funds would be great to keep us going and to set up these things, which, which would be fantastic. And, you know, and, and at the same time, you know, I'm, 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 more, I'm always available 100% mm. to come to your footy club. Yeah, you know, just me and you know, have a t- you know, talk to the players after Even training. Schools. Yeah, schools, whatever, any your corporates, your lunches, yep. whatever, doesn't matter. Yeah. As you said, Spud, the um, ice, drugs, mental health, it's it's everywhere. It's just not yeah. related to one one industry, you know. And Helen, you're obviously pretty passionate about this as well. So, you're you're helping or just in conjunction with Wally and the Flory Institute. Yeah, so, I, I think it's a, a great initiative, and you know, obviously the government. They should be getting right behind this, as you said. It's a, it's an Australia-wide issue, worldwide. But you know, Australian men, unfortunately, historically have been very stubborn, very you know, and even in rural areas, it's probably worse. Yeah, you know? but it's horrendous. Yeah, up, up the up the bush, it's, it's yep. horrendous. You. Yeah, burn up the bush. Yep. Yeah, so no, yeah, it's exactly. horrendous. And I yeah. think part of the the problem is education, <laughs> and like the more you know about it, the more you can do, mm. and the more you can prevent yourself from getting in these situations. Most people who use it don't even know the effects. Yeah. So I didn't realise it, and this is my naivety. Um, no. And I love a beer. I didn't realise how 
easy it was to get ice, something as simple as that. And it's just, yeah, and it's unfortunately so cheap. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just yeah, it's it's amazing how these things evolve. And unfortunately, it's not only what it does to you to yourself and that; it's what it's doing to the broader community. I mean, it, it's you know, look, you use an example. Let, let's say some some idiots on ice going down Punt Road has a car accident, kills someone. You mm. know, mm-hmm. there's all that. You know, the grief with parents, family. Then the the taxpayer. Then you got to have ambulances. Um, mm. You know, police, police cars yep. and you know fire brigades. Then they go to the hospital, and nine times out of ten, the the ice bloke will uh, punch somebody, a doctor up. Then they've got to go through the court system. Then they get laid out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think the average cost is about seventy five grand a um, wow. and a um, ice ice addict. And the um, the cost to the Australian taxpayer at the moment is uh, five billion dollars, wow. five point four billion dollars. Yeah. So the, the the situation with this is, yeah, it's just. It's an amazing, um, unfortunately, it's out there. It's in the community. And the money that you're asking for, and you talk about the money that's costing us as a taxpayer, is that the government have got to get right behind this. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate the, the fact that you've put yourself out there, and it's um, it's, it's quite inspirational, actually. And the, the thing I was going to ask Wally and you, can I call you Helen or Doctor? Yeah, I feel a bit Helen. embarrassed. <laughs> um, is the fact that I was led to believe once you're on ice you would never get over it and you're always a nice addict. Um, but while he's living proof that you can get through it, obviously mm-hmm. you've got to train your brain, your yeah. neurological system's got to, you know, Rewire think of a, a different thing because that's, and I think there's probably a lot of ice addicts out there thinking, well, once I'm on it, I'm done. That's my lot in life. And is that the way you thought, Wally? Or, oh, look, you know, when, oh, to be honest, by the time I got into rehab, they reckon I had probably about three weeks to go the way gee. I was going. Um, wow. And, um, but but I got out. I, look, I spoke to a young lady uh, a couple of weeks ago in in a hospital, in a mental health hospital, who would been on ice, and we had a good chat for a couple of hours. And you know, when I, when I walked into the room, you know, the poor young lass was curled up on a bed in mm. a dark room and all this sort of thing. And we got talking and everything. And and then um, you know, look, the next day she you know, you know with her parents and that she checked herself into a rehab and you know she's going okay yeah, at the moment. Great. So day by day, mm. you know, there is good hope. So, Helen, just on that, yeah, you can get over it, can't you? You can. That's, I, I was led to believe that, Jack. That was my naivety. And then people just say, oh, no, once, you, once you're on that, you, you're done for life. But you, you can get through it. Yeah, well, yeah, meth good is support. highly addictive, but you can get over it for sure. Um, it's, it is about training. Yeah. And, like, part of my research over uh, that's funded by the Institute for Social Neuroscience is to really look at those environmental factors and, like, you know, what contributes to your ability yeah. to overcome these things and you know that's mm. <laughs> yeah oh but yeah. and and obviously before I let you go wally you're looking bloody svelte you're looking fit you, yeah. you know you're bright in the eyes what's what's going on mate you're, oh mate we're about to probably, suck our guts in a bit here looking at you 13 or 14 kilos in the last uh 10 weeks or 10 or 11 so weeks. what's the like, secret oh uh, luckily enough i was introduced to a great man um give him a and, plug andy anderson uh, from Ultimate, who CEO and founder of Ultimate U Change Centre. Okay. I started off in the nine and six program, lose nine kilos in six weeks, and uh, I did that. I lost eleven, and now I'm still going on the next uh, lot, and I'm on an eighteen week program now. <laughs> so they got a new nutrition program. They got the whole lot. They're a one stop shop. Get on board with them. They're all around Melbourne. They're fantastic. Uh, good on your wallet. Save your life. Dr. Helen Nasser, Mark Eustace, thank you for being our very special guest tonight on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. We really appreciate both of you coming in tonight.
Thank you very much. Good on you, Wally. And a reminder as well that the advice and the discussion tonight is of a general nature. If you need to discuss your situation, please do so with a trained medical professional. And for Lifeline, please contact 131114. And once again, a big thanks to Mark Eustace for joining us tonight on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone, Spud. Just terrific conversation, very honest conversation, very raw conversation, and we thank him very much for his time. No, a lot of people resonated with me, the addiction side of it, Jack, and how he was able to pull through. A lot of mental toughness, a lot of resilience. And Helen Nasser also was outstanding. So from that to some handy hints, Rob Code from Travel Fit 360 yep. to join us in the next seg. Uh, Emily Brayabon, our nutritionist of the stars and our good mate here on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone, is back from overseas. Hello, Em. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Going well. How's the, uh, how's the run? Talk us through it. <laughs> it was fun. You know what? I'm just going to point out before I tell you this, because you're going to laugh, <laughs> I am the epitome of the blonde. Okay, so <laughs> okay. <laughs> the last race I did was in Arizona, and, and I was thinking, you know what, it's the desert, it's going to be sunny, I'm going to love it, it's going to be great. So I trained in the heat, you know, I took bikinis and sundresses, I took a, the tiny shorts and the little crop top to run in, and yep. there was a snowstorm and it was minus four. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> for this one, you know, it's in Colorado, I was thinking there's going to be elevation. Didn't bother to read up on how much, but let's talk 14,000 feet. Wow. My God. Yeah. <laughs> so the breath, how was the breath going? Uh, that was pretty hard to come by. I've never experienced that kind of chest pain before. But wow. you know what? I, I really revel in that kind of that kind of pain. So yep. it was eight miles straight up and eight miles down. And I, I, I got an impressive amount of things done in that time. I, I got a nosebleed. <laughs> I passed out. I cramped. I puked. Oh, <laughs> sounds like a lot of fun. You know what? It was. A, I was. I was saying before to a friend that runners have this mantra. It's called, at the beginning of a race, don't be a hero. At the end of a race, don't be a wimp. <laughs> I'm different. I just say, here, hold my drink. They, uh, <laughs> see, this is why we love her, because she's tough, Spud. Are you going to yeah. sign up for something like that? Do you reckon you could chalk that up? Is tough or stupid, though? Yeah, I don't know. Back in the day, maybe, Jack. Not yeah, now. If I, if I get a helicopter, I'll probably do it. <laughs> I'll take you for a run, Spud. I'll come take you for a run. We'll go for a run. We'll do the Great Ocean Road. You'll That'd be fantastic. It, you'll find yourself. I yeah. would pay money to see yeah. that. Yeah. No, we'll do that. I'm, I'm actually starting <laughs> running, so give me a, give me five or six weeks. But and okay. I, uh, my ears pricked up a couple of weeks ago before you did the run. You were talking about you don't have to eat till you're full. And mm. I must admit, me coming from a farm, the youngest of you know six in the family, we'd have the big meals, and it was like you had to get as much food in till your <laughs> older brother's ate the lot so you were oh, actually get it. eating and it became a habit eating and eating and eating till you're actually full can mm. you explain that you don't have to do that and the reasons why yeah absolutely i mean i come from the same as you i come from a very large family where you ate fast because if, if you didn't then you weren't going to get any and when i first started dating chief 20 years ago yeah. <laughs> he's he's from the military so he literally was given wow. five minutes to eat in yeah. between missions he'd come in they'd be given five ten minutes eat as much as you can because you don't know when your next meal is going to be so a date for us a three-course meal would take 15 minutes it was kind of embarrassing wow. so the, the the thing that i was getting out a couple of weeks ago is that i think that tv and radio 
they first and foremost give you portion distortion. One of the yep. most common things that you hear is, we'll keep you fuller for longer. No one should ever be full. That means that your stomach has expanded. It has stretched beyond what it should be. So yeah, you should essentially eat a meal to enjoy it, for it to fuel your body and to sustain you, but not so that you have to undo one of your buttons on okay. your trousers. That's why a lot of people say, oh, gee, I need to lie down. Yeah, that's uh, I've had, You've eaten too much. You've eaten too much, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, once in a while when it's a treat, say, at Christmas or, you know, Easter or something that we're not going to have very often, you know, even just yeah. that once a year, yeah, you know what, we might indulge, we might do that. But the less you do it, the more your stomach is going to go back to the size it's meant to be and you're not going to end up with all those unwanted kilos. And so, that's a... Sorry, sorry, Jack. The, the, the fact of that is, and I've sort of been on this little protein uh, health kick the last three weeks. I must admit, my portions have, have shrunk and mm. your actually stomach, does it actually go back to where it was or it's sort of... Because i you know a very big eater. Yeah. So and it becomes habitual, doesn't it? It does. It's very habitual. It's very much about comfort. It's very much about habit and comfort and everything in between. Depression, anxiety, all those things contribute to overeating mm. or why you might be overeating. Yep. Something I say, which is, which is quite interesting, is you hold your hand out in front of you and you put it into a, a loose fist. Yep. Yeah, you're looking at it. Yep. That's what your stomach looks like. That's the size of your stomach. Wow. Gee. When it's the right size. If you stretch your fingers out, that is the size of your stomach when you've just abused it by pouring all of that food in. Gee. And okay. if you think about it, when you're full, you've still got food that's coming down your gullet into your stomach. It hasn't made it all the way there yet. So yep. you're going to feel full for a disgusting long time. Mm. Ponder that. Uh, yeah, and very just, good. Just before we let you go, um, fish oil and, and certain yes. supplements and all that sort of stuff, they, they all have various purposes. But fish oil in particular, I, I want to ask you about. We've spoken before about this uh, meal plan that I'm on at the moment. I'm loving it. It's uh, I've, I can just feel it straight away. But uh, I've got to take four fish oil tablets a day as part of this eating plan. Just explain the logic behind fish oil and its benefits, please. No worries. In your situation, because you've gone from a normal diet into a high-protein, low-carb, it's to keep everything moving. It's to keep the train moving through the station, if you get what I mean. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to have fun in the bathroom. Basically, you're just going to be sitting there for hours. You'll be in pain. You'll be bucked up. And that's what a great use for, for fish oil. Not only that... His breath doesn't of, smell too good, though. Yeah, you probably smell gross. Make sure you have some mint. Don't, can't be a favourite. Um, don't tip problem. into what Spud's carry on, please. All right, so don't don't just. He's he's not talking the truth there. Go on. I think I believe him though. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> putting that to the side because yeah. I will come back to it. Okay. <laughs> um, it's really great for your bones. Um, we take it. Runners take it so that we can get our um, synovial fluid and our bone joints moving. It's great for uh, um, arthritis and getting old, that kind of thing. The main purpose of it is it's, um, it's brain food. So if you think yep. of all the, the big yep. oils that you're supposed to have, that's it condensed into one little pill. Yeah, okay. So no, if you very good, have, you don't have time to eat salmon, have a pill. Now I'm starting yeah. to understand the logic of it yeah. a bit more. The other stuff that Spud said about breath, that's not true. Yeah, that's, just, true. that's just garbage. Um, on that note, <laughs> and we're always very appreciative of your time. Nice to have you back, and we'll talk to you next week. It's great speaking to you guys. Emily Brabron joining us here on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. We're going to wrap things up. Rob Code from Travel Fit 360 will be our special guest.
Not alone, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Try Davidoff Cool Water for men or women, 125 mil, only forty nine ninety nine at Chemist Warehouse. Before we finish the show in mm. just a few moments, speaking of Chemist Warehouse, there's something I need to take up with you, Danny Frawley, and you know exactly what it is. And we're going to get to that one very, very shortly. But to talk health, to talk mm. fitness, and for another handy tip, Rob Code from Travel Fit 360 joins us here on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. Good evening, Robbie. Good evening, guys. How are you? Going well, Rob. We're we're talking off off air and for the listeners out there, and it's those winter months that we talk about, and and just getting into a little bit of a rut, doing that hour long session, and then you want to sort of lose a few more calories or kilojoules versus the intense uh, high rep, low weight, twenty minute session, and how beneficial that is compared to doing the hour of heavy lifting, you might add. So I'll hand it over to you, mate. Oh, no worries. Yeah, no, it's good. I, I think if anyone can do anything, start off the bat, anyone, give anything a crack. Yeah. However, my opinion would be go for the shorter, more intense stuff. So uh, we definitely want to get the heart rate up, regardless of what level you're at. So that's that EPOC training, which is, stands for Excess Post-Exercise Oxygen Ooh. Consumption. So it is a mouthful. I if like it. Just, do you want me to say it again? Say it again, mate. Yep, so the EPOC, and if people just Google that one, E-P-O-C, that should come up. You better read into it. But it's excess post-exercise oxygen consumption. So uh, that's the scientific side of it. But, yeah, if everyone just researches that one, have a good read of it. But basically what you want to do is get your heart rate up. Get it up as high as you can, no matter what level you're at. We've talked about this before. And uh, have a, you know, reduce your recovery. You want to have that quality-style training, so... You still want to not sacrifice technique or whatever you do, but you definitely want to get the heart rate up. So, Robbie, with that said, and this is the, I guess, part of what we're talking about tonight, is that it's changed over the years, hasn't it? Back in the day, and this is probably even before my time, but Spud might be able to say from his footy days that it was strap the runners on and run for as long as you possibly can and until you basically vomit. Now, uh, and science backs it up to suggest that shorter, as you call it, hit training and interval training can actually be as beneficial, if not more beneficial. Yeah, totally. No, no I agree. Um, you know, if you do enjoy the cardio and going for the longer runs, do it. But, uh, yeah, to get that that, that uh, fat off that we all, we all want to burn at times, yeah, go, definitely go for the shorter, the shorter stuff. And if you can do it, obviously, you know, a lot of people haven't got time out there, but if you can do yeah. one of a morning and one of a night instead of that hour, it's like 20 of a morning, 20 of a night. Is that even better than doing the the 40 at the one time? Yeah, you can. I mean, uh, especially if you, if you are time poor, you can get up and yeah, do even a 10-minute. We're talking about 20, which is yeah. ideal. But even if uh, you've only got a short amount of time, and I actually got caught out the other day where I had an appointment. I only had an hour, hour to get to my appointment, and it was a 30-minute 30 30 drive. And I've been missing sessions, just been busy and, and whatever else. But I went for an 11-minute run. That's all it was. I just wow. as hard as I could. Got the heart rate completely up, jumped in the shower, got ready and, and you know, got off to my appointment. But even if you only got the 10 minutes, give it a go. Get the heart rate up. and uh, But, yeah, just as long as you're not sacrificing form. So us, we talk about push and pushing as hard as you can. and uh, But, yes, form is obviously the most important thing to reduce the chance of injury. But also compounding exercises. So using, trying to um, engage two, you know, two or more muscles at a time which is another good way. So you're hitting more muscle groups in, a, in, in that shorter amount of time. So we're not spending an hour in the gym or, you know, w- w- going for like a slower, 
slower workout, but you, you definitely want to just hit hit it as hard as you can, hit two or three muscles at a time. And uh, so, for an example, if you yeah, before yep. yeah, an example is yeah. important, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good. Yeah, so an example would be you know, if you're holding a weight or, or anything you might be using, you could be doing a deep squat and then coming up and pushing the weight above your head. So right there, you're obviously engaging your midsection, you're using your legs and obviously your shoulders and your arms as well by lifting the weight above your head. So that's just one example. But uh, that's what you, that's a compounding exercise. So and just, that's another one I'd recommend. Just before we let you go, uh, in terms of an interval-style training, we have sort of touched on this briefly before, but that's, yeah. that's a, say, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off style exercise, isn't it? Yeah, well, interval training can be a range of different times. But, yeah, that, that's a good example. So your service interval interval training. But at the end of the day, regardless of what time you do, when you're on or off, you just put your maximal effort in and then ha- and reduce the recovery time. Go again, reduce the recovery time. Go again and just keep repeating for every how many sets you have in your fitness program. Beautiful, Robbie. Always great to catch up with you, Robbie. Spud's got some uh, some stuff to sort out with you during the week, but it's always nice to have you on the program. Thank you for joining us, and we'll do it again next week. No worries, guys. Look after yourself. Good on you, Robbie. Rob Coe joining us on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. And with that said, Spud, that is us done and dusted for tonight. It's been fantastic. It's been wonderful to talk to Mark yeah. Eustace, uh, his, his honesty. Sorry, and I'm sorry about not being honest myself. Yeah, I was. I was just going to see. I was going to give you one last chance to bring no. this up before we finish. Oh, you got to give me another week because oh. people don't want to see me run around. <laughs> Why? <and move. laughs> because I said I was going to bring it in, and and I forgot. Yeah. So last week, just yeah. just briefly, those uh, last week, Spud said that if he didn't bring in some uh, some wonderful warehouse. chemist warehouse stuff for both myself and Marcus, our, our sensational producer, yeah. that you would run nude around the yeah. SCN area. It was so. the perfume, the, the good soccer player. What's his name? R- Cristiano Ronaldo. 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 Well, next week, I want Davidoff cool water. All How right does that then. sound? There you go. Done. Thank Dude, you to Davidoff. Thank you to Emily. Thank you to Mark Eustace and Helen as well. It's been a wonderful program. It's been a deep program, yep. and we look forward to joining you next week.